Blog Talk Radio. Revival, the sound of worship. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I hope you are getting ready to meet the Lord in the cloud very soon. Because Jesus is going to come for us. He has made us a promise that he will come in the middle of the night. Praise you, Lord. Meaning when things get really, hallelujah, dark and his light will shine greater. Praise the Lord. And that's what is, what is beginning to do us. The world gets darker. The light of Christ will shine brighter. Thank you, Jesus. For in order for the light to shine brighter, it has to be very dark. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And his light is going to blind people in such a way when he comes. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, I want to talk about dreams. Praise you, Lord. We want to talk about rapture. We want to talk about everything. That's what the God talks about. Praise you, Lord. Because I had, um, last week, um, I had people emailing me their dreams. And I had told uh, some of them that I would talk about it on the Lord Tower, and I haven't. And tonight is the night that I need to do it because I made a promise that I would talk about the dreams. Praise your Lord. Dreams are so important. It's how God uh, talks to us besides his word, besides visions, besides prophecy, brothers and sisters, and besides his creation, because the, the creation is the evidence of God. All the creation we see, brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. In um, Genesis 37, <clears throat> we begin with the dream that Joseph had. We know that Jacob before Joseph had a dream. But I want to go ahead and start it in Genesis 37 because this dream is very profound. Praise the Lord. And I think it's important in his last days. It will help people understand so much. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. And the Lord just, just allowed me to see a, a few things, hallelujah, that, uh, a few things here in Genesis 37 I would like to share. Praise the Lord. Huh? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It begins with Genesis 37, 1 says, Jacob now dwelt in the land where his father has, uh, was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And we know this is a land that God had promised uh, his father uh, Isaac and his grandfather, uh, uh, Abraham, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, these are the generation of Jacob. When Joseph was 17 years old, he kept the sheep with his brethren, and the child was the son of Elhah, and the son of Selpha, the, the, the father wife. And Joseph was brought unto the father their, uh, uh, their evil saying, hallelujah. And Joseph brought unto their father, they're evil saying. Praise the Lord. Before I go on, I want to say that uh, I don't know if you noticed that, praise the Lord, Jacob took his, took his sheep as Isaac, praise the Lord, and now Joseph, hallelujah. He was 17 years old, hallelujah, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, he kept the sheep with his brethren. So he, he, he and his brother would take care of the sheep. And, and we know that that means there were pastors, there were shepherds, pastors, brothers and sisters, take care of the sheep, the flock. Praise the Lord. Verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more 
than all his sons. Esau, hallelujah, loved Joseph with more his sons. And now, why is this being expressed this way? You know that if we have the many sons that, that Israel had, that, that Jacob had, uh, he would love them, all of them. But he loved more Joseph because in this story, uh, Jacob is a type of the Father God. Father God. And Joseph is a type of Jesus, his son. Brothers and sisters, praise your Lord. You're going to see that Joseph plays two parts here. He plays the part of Jesus, and he also plays the part of the bride of Christ. Thank you, Lord. And God would, God would have it be this way in his word because he will convey revelation and message to us through the life of Joseph. Praise the Lord. And if we understand the part that he's playing here, praise the Lord, then we will see God speaking to us through, through, his, through the life of Joseph. Now, Jacob is playing the, the part of Father God. Joseph is playing the, 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 the life of Jesus and the bride of Christ here. Praise the Lord. And you're going to see in the Old Testament, uh, 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 you're going to see someone playing the, the part of, of the Lord and the part of the bride. Why is the bride, why is the part of Jesus and the part of the bride being played together? Well, remember what Paul says to the Corinthians, that the bride, we are part of the body of Christ. That means that if we are part of the body of Christ and Jesus as the head, we are one, one body, brothers and sisters. Are, are, you, are you getting it now? Are you understanding why Paul explained it this way to the Corinthians? Praise the Lord. Because a lot of people say, well, Paul spoke so deep, brother, over here, so hard to no, if you go back to the Old Testament and you ask the Lord to help you to see and understand, he will reveal to you why the Paul speak this way, that we are the body of Christ and Jesus is the head of the body, because that means we are one. So Joseph plays a part, a part of the bride of Christ, and as we go along, you will see them to be in play together in the life of Joseph. And why did God have it be this way? Because God is speaking to us this way, brothers and sisters, because everything that goes on in the life of Joseph applies to us today. Applies to us today. And God is conveying a message to us, a bureau, a physical, a spiritual, even deeper message to our own life that it will help us to grow in God and help us to understand that if we stay Seeking the word of God, following the, the plan of God, the word of God, the plan of God will come to pass in our own life if we always seek to have to do the word of God. Joseph is listening to God. Now God is speaking to Joseph. And there's so much in, 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 in the Old Testament and the New Testament that say that God will speak to his people through dreams. And we have spoken and we are given the Bible verses. Praise you, Lord. So. God speaks to dreams to us. He spoke to Jacob to dreams. He spoke to Abraham to dreams. And I have given all those Bible verses. But tonight, I want you to see, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, praise you, Lord, how God speaks to us through the life of Joseph. And there are so much revelation here. I mean, just looking, the Lord just began to, 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 to give me this revelation, just looking at the life of Joseph. And I can go deeper, and I can have people jump up and down the home right now. I, I, I know there's brothers and sisters listening, 
And if I will share some of the things God is showing me, just in the life of Joseph and the life of his brothers, you'll be jumping up and down. Some of the people will be jumping up and down. Oh, that is so awesome. There is so much here. Praise you, Lord. But I'm going to let the Lord lead me in this. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the Lord is so awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 37.3. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons. That is that is uh, John 3.16. Praise the Lord. So God loved the world that he had given out his beloved son. Hallelujah. His only begotten son. Only begotten son. See, you see how God loves us. We are his sons and daughters, and he loves us very much. But when he talks about Jesus, it's like immediately you notice that he loves Jesus more. Can you notice that? I'm, I'm trying to go slow. I don't want to go too fast because I can go fast. And then people will be like, huh? And, you know, what do you say about this? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I'm going to go slow and fast. Praise the Lord. But I want you to see. Jesus said, it's, it's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he had given us his only begotten son, so whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Immediately, what is he teaching us that through Jesus Christ, God meant to save the world. Praise the Lord. That means through Joseph, God has a plan to save Israel, his brothers and sisters. You get it now? You get it? You get that Joseph is playing the part of Jesus now? Through Jesus Christ, God saved Israel, saved the nation of Israel. When the famine comes, who did God raise? Joseph. Who was God using? Joseph. You see him playing the part of Jesus? Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Teach us, Lord. Please teach us, Lord. We we wanna, Lord, we wanna understand your word, Lord. Please speak to us and teach us, Lord Jesus. Teach us even more, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So Israel loved Joseph. God loved Jesus more than all his son, more than all of us. Don't get jealous. He loves you. God loves you. But he, Jesus is his beloved son. Thank you, Lord. Because he begot him in his old age, praise the Lord, and made him a coat of many colors. Even the coat that was made to Joseph is prophetic. Are you listening? Even the coat of many colors, many, for you to get in a specific perfect color, you need to mix many colors. You need to mix many colors to get a good color that you will say, wow, this is the one I want. I'm going to leave it at that because I want to move on. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He made, he made him a coat of many colors. Praise you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Uh, oh, there will be a lot of questions, but that's okay. Verse 4. So when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, then they hate him and could not speak peacefully unto him. Praise the Lord. How did the rabbis and Pharisees act in the Lord when Jesus went about doing his ministry and was speaking the truth to them, they immediately began to feel that he was better than they. Are you better? Uh, and they began to compare him to Abraham. They immediately, personally, began to re- reject Jesus. Are you, are you older than Abraham? Are you better than 
they immediately felt inferior as Jesus was teaching. Why? Because Jesus was teaching with power, with anointing, with love and caring, which only comes from God. The love of God was coming through Jesus Christ. The love and caring, healing those that were suffering, those that were sick, and anyone that comes to him, he will not reject, but he will receive. That is Father God. Everyone that comes to him, he does not reject. Jesus was doing that on earth as a man. And that was making the Pharisees and the scribes, the Jewish people, very uncomfortable. Hallelujah. Very uncomfortable what he was doing because now they can see God in Jesus. And now they begin to compare him with Abraham and other prophets. Why? Because they begin to notice, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, that he was inferior to them. Although he was humble and meek more than any of them, he was inferior. God was flowing through him in such a mighty way that people were being saved, people were being delivered, people were being healed through his power. The power of God was flowing through him without any limit, without any limitation. He was just loving on people, not judging them, but loving them right where they were at. They could have been on the floor, hallelujah, crippled, paralyzed, and he will love on them, he will pray for them, and he will heal them and raise them up with love being caring. And that's God. He did not reject anyone that called unto his name. Even people that were screaming at the blind, screaming, hallelujah, son of David, they say. They scream. They scream. Why was he compared to David? Because David was a man according to God's own heart. David was a loving man. And when they saw Jesus acting this way, they called him son of David. He is such a loving man. He is such a loving rabbi. He is such a loving Yeshua Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I hope you're feeling that. I hope you're feeling the love from God flowing on your life. Thank you, Jesus. From Jesus who loves you from Father God who loves you and cares for you and will never reject you, but receive you as a daughter and as a son. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He is so awesome. His love endures forever. I thank you, Lord. Verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream and told his brethren who hate him so much the more the more Jesus went about healing the sick, healing those that were hurting, praise the Lord, that were suffering, the more the rabbis and scribes and the people hated even more. Praise the Lord. The more they wanted to crucify him, the more they wanted to kill him. Praise the Lord. Praise the God. And the more he was in contact with Father God, he did not stop seeking God. He did not stop talking to God. He did not stop listening to God. Although the more he will be in hate, this is the secret of us, the bride of Christ. If you want to grow in God, if you want to mature in God, 
Oh, praise the Lord. If you wanna, if you want God to take you to those places that no one been before, you need to keep listening to God. You need to keep seeking God. And the more they hate you, the more they come against you, the more you listen to God. And the more you need to listen to God, to Lord. No matter how much, hallelujah. No, no matter how much they, they come against you, the more you come closer to the Lord. The more you listen to what the Lord has to say. The more you read the Bible. The more you consecrate your life. The more you seek God. No matter the more they raise against you, the more they hate you. The more they hate you. It's the more you keep listening to God. That is a secret. That is a secret, brothers and sisters. That is a secret of growing in the Lord more. Praise the Lord. You don't stop. You don't look back. You don't turn to your left or to your right. You look to Jesus and you keep walking. You keep pressing in. You keep listening to God's word. You keep listening. You keep, God is talking to you. And the more you pay attention to God, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, the more you incline your heart to him, the more you incline your ear to his word, the more you look up to Jesus, no matter what's going on in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Because the devil will raise against you your own family. It was Joseph's own brothers. It was his own flesh brothers. It was the brother that grew up with him. It was the brother he loved. It was the brother that told him many times, we'll love you, Joseph, that now hated him with a passion. And with a passion, they continue to even more to hate him because they did not understand the plan of God in the life of Joseph. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. And the the, the, the less people understand, the more they will raise against you. What is this you're always praying? What is this you're always reading your Bible? This is bothering me. This is getting to me. This is really getting to me. You're always reading the Bible. You're always praying. What is going on? You never used to do these things before. Yeah, you did it once in a while, but now, come on. You seem to be doing this more every day. Praise God for that. Praise the Lord for that. The devil gets angry. Your family gets mad. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the club. Welcome to God's family. Welcome to God's servants. Hallelujah. Welcome to the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What an awesome Jesus we serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. So verse 5, Joseph dreamed a dream, saw his brethren, hallelujah, who hate him so much more. His brother hate him so much more. Verse 6. For he said unto them, Here, I pray you this dream, which I had dreamed. You hear how, you see, you hear, or do you see the attitude of Joseph as he said to his brothers, Here, that means to, to Joseph, whatever God was telling him to Joseph was very important. This is how you take the word of God. You got to take it serious. You got to understand that the word of God is very serious and it's very important. 
you got to give God the first place in your life. And that's how Joseph feels about this whole situation. This, this, God is speaking to him. And to Joseph, whatever God is saying to him, the message of God to him, I'm sorry for saying whatever, but the message of God to Joseph is very important. And he is putting all his heart into this. Praise your Lord. And he, for he said unto, unto them, Here I pray you, that dream which I had dreamed. Please listen. Please pay attention to what I'm, to my dream. Pay attention, my brother, to my dream. Please pay attention. Praise the Lord. You may ask people to pay attention, but you may not get that. But let it be fine. Let it be fine. Thank you, Lord, because God is speaking to you. God wants your attention. Don't try to get other people's attention because you're not going to get it. I have people say, Brother Elfie, in my house, I'm trying to talk to my mom. She didn't want to hear it. I'm trying to talk to my sister, my brother. They don't want to hear it neither. It's like no one cares what God says in his word. And I just want to share these things God has given me. But no, no, no. And I said, dear sister, welcome to the club. Welcome to the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. God is speaking to you. Whom God wants to get your attention is your attention. God wants you to listen. Because he's speaking to you. They may not understand now what God is saying to you, but if you pay attention to what God is saying to you, you will be blessed, and then God can use you to bless them later. Just continue to pray for them. Praise the Lord. Verse 7. Behold now, we were binding a sheep in the midst of the field, and lo, many sheep arose and also stood upright, and behold, your sheep. Shame, hallelujah, compass around about in the reverence to my shame. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so praise your God. Thank you, Jesus. I understand even when I when I read this in the in the newer translation, I understand it better. Thank you, Lord. God is so awesome. The Lord is so good. We serve such a wonderful God, brothers and sisters. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give me a second here. Praise the Lord. Because I I like to get a, a good understanding. Praise the Lord of the word of God when I'm reading it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, God. God is so awesome. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, yes, brothers and sisters. And so he says, praise you, God. Praise you, God. Now, it, 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 the, 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 the meaning of it is that God was going to raise him. Hallelujah. God was going to raise him, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. Greater than they. Greater than they. But that will make them to hate him more. That will make make his brother to hate him more. Brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Verse 8. And his brethren said unto him, What shall thou reign over us and rule over us? There you go. That's the, that's the meaning of it. That he was going to rule over them. Or God was going to put him in a position to rule over his brothers. 
in a position like a king, praise you, Lord, a princess over his brothers and sisters, and they could not receive that. Praise you, Lord. Whenever God wants to raise you up, it will make anyone in your family, brothers and sisters, anyone in your family very uncomfortable. All of a sudden, God speaks to you through a dream, and God said, Bob, I'm going to take you from where you are now, and I'm going to give the, the, you the mighty ministry. <coughs> Excuse me. Where I'm going to use you around the world, you're going to speak to presidents. You're going to be in the White House. You're going to be talking in the U.N. You're going to be doing this. You're going to be around the world. Praise the Lord. And you go share this with your family. Hallelujah. And immediately, what happens? They don't like that. Because that means you will be a bop then. And they may be struggling financially. They know you will have a lot of money to be in that position. And they are not pleased with that. And that will, that, that will begin hatred in their heart against you. Praise the Lord. This is why you need to pray for wisdom, which a lot of people don't. You need to pray for wisdom. Praise the Lord. Because you can stand that root of hatred in the heart with your word. But if you are wise and you share with them, that God is going to do something in your life that you may not understand now, but please help me to pray for it. Praise the Lord. They can pray with you and not be, not become to hate you. Praise the Lord for what you're telling them. Praise your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So they said, you're going to become ruler over us. So thou have altogether dominion over us. They hate him so much more for his dream and for his word. Praise your Lord. Verse 9. Again, he dreamed another dream and told his brethren and said, Behold, I have one more. I have one dream more. And beheld the sun and the moon and 11 stars that reverence me. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, this word, this word can go so deep, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Now, look, this is the part I was saying. Look at it right now. He had a dream of the 11 brothers. Thank you, Lord. Of all his brothers, they were all together 12. Praise the Lord. 12 tribe of Israel. Thank you, Lord. And praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He sees them as stars. He sees them as stars. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. He sees them as stars. The only one in the Bible that I refer to stars are angels. Praise you. Are you holding on to your share? The only one that I refer to stars are angels in the Bible, in the book of Job. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I know I'm going to get sent an email about this. Thank you, Lord. God is so awesome. He is so awesome. Thank you, Lord. And God had promised him, Abraham, that his descendant will be like the star of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. That angel will be born through him, too. I thank you, Lord. Angel will be born through Abraham, too. Thank you, Lord. And that's why we have angel on earth and human body today. Thank you, Lord, because God said that would happen. And the word of God cannot, cannot return void. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you don't believe me, Job 38, 7. 
when the morning stars stand together and all the songs that God shouted for joy, talking about God angels, brothers and sisters, stars to God reveal that the 12 stars are angels, 12 tribes are angel in the flesh, in the word. <laughs> oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. It's what I see in God's word, brothers and sisters. What? I told you, you want me to go deeper? I'll go deeper. Praise you, Lord. I can see it clearly in the word of God. Every time I open the Bible, the Lord just begins to praise the Lord. Twelve stars, twelve angels are born from Jacob. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What did Jacob see in the light of his dream? Angels were going up and down. God was giving him angels in other words, too. Praise you, Lord. Abraham will be like the star of heaven, angel, like the son of the sea, man. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> All the way is incredible. Praise you, Lord. Verse 10 now. Praise you, Lord. Leave me, Lord. Leave me, Lord. Leave me, Lord. Then he told it to his father and his brother, and his father rebuked him. Praise you, Lord. This is so powerful. And even Jacob was troubled by what Joseph is saying. Jacob was troubled, and he rebuked his own son. I rebuke you, Joseph. Because Jacob got it right away. Praise the Lord. Jacob got what he was telling him. But Jacob could not believe what he was what he what was coming to his ears, what he was listening to. This cannot be. This is the action of Jacob. This is the action of many of you. This cannot be, Brother Elvin. Look at the action of Jacob. Jacob was a common man, like you and I. Thank you, Lord. But the plan of God are deeper than what we know. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. So immediately look at his action. Then he told it unto his father and to his brother, and his father rebuked him. This is not possible. What you're saying now, what you're saying, brother, 11 stars, that means you 12, 12 stars, and more behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars, they reverence you. Angels are going to reverence you. Are you saying that angels from heaven are going to reverence you? I rebuke you, Joseph. Probably people saying, I rebuke you, brother, I'll be right now. Like like Jacob, thank you, Lord. I rebuke you, Joseph. This cannot be. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. More, the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. Follow the word, believe the word only. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe me. Believe the word. Believe what God says in his word. Your descendant, God so to Abraham, will be like the start of heaven. Those are angels. Those are angels. Praise you, Lord. They're like the sin of the sea. Those are humans. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Like the star of heaven. He didn't say like the falling star of heaven. He says like the star, the angels that are standing before God. Thank you, Lord. Those are the star of heaven. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. You just believe the word. You don't have to believe me. I always told our people from the beginning, don't believe anything I tell you. You believe the word of God. You got a Bible? Believe it. Don't doubt it. 
pray about it. If you don't understand something in your Bible, you pray about it. You pray about it. You say, Lord, I need you to reveal this to me. I need to. I need you, Lord, hallelujah, to help me understand this. Praise the Lord. That's why when, when some of the brothers say, uh, I want to tell the people that I'm an angel. Praise the Lord. Are you sure you want to say that? Some people are not ready for us. Well, but the Lord revealed it to me. I know it's the Lord. He told me. He revealed it to me. And I had asked for confirmation. And the Lord had confirmed it to me that I'm an angel, he says. They tell me. I said, I'm going to, I know what you're telling me. I believe that. I believe what you're telling me. I know that. I know what you're telling me. Because I have spoken with angel in heaven who went on earth in human body. I have. The Lord gave me that privilege. But a lot of people that are listening, I'm not going to believe you. They're going to call you false. There are people right now calling me false prophet for this. Thank you, Lord. But they will not pray. They will not seek the Lord about it. They will not do that. It is easier for them to call me a false prophet than for them to pray and seek the Lord about it. It's harder because they have to seek the Lord. And then when the Lord confirms it to them, then they want more confirmation. Brother is telling me, Brother Elby, but I, you know, I sought the Lord. I've been seeking the Lord years about this. The Lord confirmed it to me. I know it's true. And I said, I know. I know what you're telling me is true. But to say it on the Lord's hour, to say it online, to say it on the air, to say it anywhere, it's very dangerous because people are not ready. Praise the Lord. But God says that in the last days, he will reveal these mysteries in his work. And they have it in their Bible. They have no excuses. They have no excuses. It's in their Bible. And why don't Brother Elliot, it's in the Bible, why don't they just read it and pray about it? Because people are lazy to. The Lord told me, I said, Lord, why do people do this and that? And the Lord told me, because there's laziness amongst my people. There's much laziness among my people, the Lord says to me. Praise, and I believe the Lord. It's true. That's why I'm saying it, because he told me to. He told me so. So I believe the Lord. There's, a, there's so much laziness to seek the Lord, to fast to pray, to, to seek the revelation of the Lord, there is so much laziness, brothers and sisters. I, I, there are people that write to me that I know the Lord speaks to them, and they want me to seek the Lord for them, to give them a word from the Lord, a, a word for something, a confirmation for something. When I know if they seek the Lord to pray and fasting, the Lord will speak to them, but they are so lazy to do it. And I'm saying it because the Lord told me so. They want me to do it. Brothers and sisters, oh, praise the Lord. And they think that I get an answer for everything right there, and they don't know that I'm praying for things that I have to wait months, months sometimes, weeks and months. Thank you, Lord, like anybody else. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We have to seek the Lord, brothers and sisters, all of us together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Verse 11. Thank you, Jesus. Let me finish verse uh, 9 and 10. And again, he dreamed another dream. This is the second dream. Hallelujah. And told of his brethren and said, Behold, hallelujah. Look what was uh, before the comma. I want, I want to post verse 9 in the chat room because I want you to see the comma. That God wants us to see there in the word of God. Thank you, Lord. People are lazy to pray. People are lazy to fast. People are lazy to seek the Lord. In general, praise the Lord. The Lord told me so. That's why I'm repeating it. Thank you, Lord. Verse 9. And again, he dreamed another dream and told it to his brethren. Hallelujah. 
And behold, I have had one dream more. He comes to them a second time. Thank you, Lord. And the sun and the moon and the 11 stars, they reverence to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, look at this. Joseph is a type of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The sun and the moon and the 11 stars, it is all creation, Reverend Jesus, in the millennium. How do you like this now? How do you like this? Can you see it? Look, look at the picture. Look at verse 9. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it now. Listen again. Listen again. Had another dream. Go to his brother. He says, Behold, I have one dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars reverence to me. That is all God creation. Angels, you and I, in all God creation, reverence Jesus in the millennium, says the prophet Isaiah, says the prophet Jeremiah. Have you read your Bible lately? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All creation will reverence him, says David in the book of Psalms. All creation. There it is. Genesis 37, 9. All creation reverence Jesus in the millennium. Remember that in the first dream was a type of Jesus coming to Israel, coming to his own, John 1, 11. But his own receiving not. The Jewish people receiving not. And then to them that receive them. Today he gave them the power to become the sons of God. Not born by the word of flesh, but by the word of God. The word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And there's another deeper revelation there. But you need to pray about that one. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. By the word of God, it is God's plan that it be this way. They all need will bow to Jesus. That all time will confess that Jesus is Lord for the glory of God, that he's God. Thank you, Lord. He gave him a name that is above every name, yes. Thank you, Lord. So the first time it's a type of Jesus coming to us, the first dream, and it's a type of Jesus coming to the Jewish people. The second dream, and it's Jesus that's reigning in the millennium. How do you like that now? Same way, praise you, Lord. Jesus comes for the Jewish people. Praise the Lord. They receive it not. Then when he returns, all eyes will see him. But what comes with him? His army. And what his army is made of? Thank you, Lord. He comes with his army. Praise you, Lord. And if we, we want to get a more clear picture, we can go to Revelation 19. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Isaiah and Jeremiah also prophesied. Thank you, Lord. And it all gives you even more detail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, how do you take our laziness? There is a spirit, demon, fallen demon from the pet of hell of laziness that attacks people. The Lord, if you ask the Lord to set you free from laziness, if you fast for the Lord to set you free from laziness, the Lord can set you free from laziness. The Lord can break this from your life if you ask the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you ask the Lord, thank you, Jesus, the Lord can set you free. The Lord can break this from your life. Thank you, Lord. And you'll, you'll, you'll see the, the difference. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Uh, Matthew twenty four thirty, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribe of the earth mourn. And then you see the Son of Man coming in the cloud of heaven with all power and glory. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, verse 31. And he shall send his angels. Again, I'm going to read it again. In case anyone has any doubt, don't believe me. Believe the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect, four winds, one from one of heaven into another. So he's coming in his cloud with great glory and with his angels. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. The angel will have to reverence him like anybody else. Is elect the 144,000 you and I will have to reverence Jesus. It's the way Father God wants it, and that's the way he has said it to be, and that's the way it's going to be. Thank you, Lord. Praise Jesus. So I tell you, Jesus, uh, Joseph played. The revelation in, in Joseph's life is of Jesus and of the bride. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's much more. There's no limit. There's no limitation. There's much more. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So in the second dream, we see Jesus. We see Joseph, but we see Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the reigning in the millennium. Verse 10 now. Then he saw unto his father and unto his brethren, and his father rebuked him. I rebuke you, Joseph. Praise the Lord. My goodness, this is praise. This father in him was not easy. Praise the Lord. But it was a purpose, though. It's prophetic. It's prophetic. The Jewish people are not the ones to jump to say, oh, this is of God. You can study the life through history. You never see them say, oh, this is of God. Praise God for this. Isaiah calls them a stubborn people. That's the prophet Isaiah. I'm just going to call you what Isaiah says. Stubborn people. They don't, they don't jump to say this is of God. And we have a lot of people with the same attitude of the Jewish people. Praise the Lord. It is okay to verify. It is okay to study. But it's okay to ask for confirmation. Praise the Lord. But when you get a confirmation in your spirit that the spirit gives witness to a spirit that we are of God and fall to the Romans, what else do you need? Thank you, Lord. But some people want to go further. That's okay. That's between you and God. Praise the Lord. So unto his father and his brother and his father rebuke him and said unto him, What is this thy dream? What is this you're coming me with? What kind of dream is this, Joseph? And he loved Joseph more than all his brothers. Imagine if it was someone else, one of the other brothers. But no, the plan was for Joseph. Because Joseph is a type of Jesus. Which thou hast dreamed, what is this? Has a comma. What is this, Joseph? This type of dream you just have. Yo, in other words, Joseph, this dream is not logical to me. It don't make no sense. A lot of people say tonight, this that you just said made no sense for Elvi. Joseph, it made no sense. Because the things of God are deep as dreams. Hallelujah. God says to Moses that the, the revealed, the, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the revealed belongs to men. Believe it, Deuteronomy 29, 29. 
But I could be wrong because I've been wrong before. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. First, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Shirai, he says, thy mother, and, and thy, I and thy mother, and thy brethren come and thee, and fall on the ground before thee. You see that Jacob is not really thinking as he's speaking. That's how a lot of people speak most of the time. They don't think what they say. His mother's already dead. His mother's already dead. Oh, oh, did he mean she will be raised, she will be risen from the dead now? <laughs> Read it. Read it again. Read it again. His mother's already dead. Joseph's mother's already dead. But look what God has put has had the writer Moses put in there that Jacob said. Then Jacob understood much more. Oh, understood the full revelation of what Joseph was saying. Because a lot of people have read that many times. They have not even noticed that. They have not even noticed that his mother's included to come and bow down to Jesus. Because the dead will be risen in the millennium. Ho, 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 ho. Did we went deeper watch? Did the Lord take us deeper or what? Look at his mother being risen, coming to bow to Jesus in the millennium. <laughs> oh, I think you're not going to read it again. Verse 10. Then he told his son to his father, his father rebuked him. And his father rebuked him. He said unto him, what is this dream? He now began to understand. Without hast dream. Hallelujah. Shall I in thy mother? His mother is dead. His mother is dead. If we talk about it in the physical now. His mother is dead. What is he referring to now? He's understanding, praise the Lord, that this is God doing now. And thy mother and thy brother come on thee and fall in the ground before thee. Yes, every knee will bow. Said the word of God to Jesus. He's the type of Jesus. The dead will be risen. First, then we that are alive will be cut up in the air with them to meet the Lord in the air. And then we will always be with the Lord. Isn't what Paul says to Thessalonians? Isn't that what Paul says to Thessalonians? But I'm reading it to you from the book of Genesis. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I told you that all the righteous was all over the Bible. And now the Lord has shown me to me practically from from Genesis to Revelation, the rapture is there all over the Bible. Praise you, Lord. This is a conversation between Joseph and his father Jacob in the second dream that God just gave to his son Joseph about the sun and the moon and the stars coming reverence and buying down to him. And now he said, well, your brothers, I and, and your mother come and do this. So that means... After we die and we go to heaven, we be resurrected. We will be resurrected, and we come and bow down to our Lord, see our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yes, we will. All knee will bow. All time will confess. Thank you, you fall, fall in the ground before thee. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. Let's move on. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. And his brother and be him, but his father no. The saying, what happened with Jacob here? Boy, this, this, this sounds profound. This is deep. What my son just, what God just showed my son, I just know that this is of God. 
because my wife will be resurrected. He'll come. But bow down to him. That means that someone else, Father God, has. Praise the Lord. And the Jesus people have called him the Messiah. The Messiah. Every word in the Bible is bound with the Messiah. You cannot have that word in the Messiah. If you have the word without the Messiah, the Bible is dead. There's nothing. There's no power. The word of God can only have power when Messiah is with the word. When you receive the Holy Spirit and you read the Bible, the Bible comes alive in your life. Messiah. It's all Messiah because Jesus is the Ruach HaKadosh. That's what Paul talked to the churches. For the Lord is the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit. For the Lord is the Ruach HaKadosh. Thank you, Lord. For the Lord is the Ruach. Paul, he is the word. He is the living word. He is Messiah. Messiah, the giver of life. There's no creation without Messiah. There's no creation without Jesus. But before him, nothing was. Remember, he is the life of all things. The grass has life because Jesus gave a life. The give the give of life. The Son can give us power because Jesus spoke it to be, and He is the Son is the revelation of Jesus. The revelation of the power of the Word of Jesus is the Son. When Father God revealed this to me, I said, "I said, Father, reveal Jesus to me." I, I, he revealed me some things about Jesus that blew my mind. No one can explain Jesus like the like Father God. Brothers and sisters, if you have a chance to ask Father God to reveal Jesus to you, you will be blown. Your mind, you will be like, "Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh wow!" He is amazing. Father God is amazing. No one can explain Jesus like Father, and no one can explain the Father like Jesus. You want a revelation of the Father, you got to ask Jesus. It will blow your mind. It will be like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, he's so incredible. He's so incredible. Praise the Lord. But Father can explain his son. And when Father says to me that the son was his son, he didn't say to me, the, the son is a revelation of my son. This is how he said it to me. The son is my son. You think about that. You think about that. I got to tell you that the son is a revelation of Jesus. But the son is the son that gives life to us. The morning star is Jesus Christ. I tell you the revelation just for you to grasp the idea. If you can. Try to make it simple. But he says to me that the son is his son. The sun that gives light to us, the morning star, it's a, it's a sun, he said. I was like, oh, my goodness. It took me a while. Just to, 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 because it's just such a mighty revelation. Thank you, Lord. Such a mighty revelation of who Jesus is. Nothing that is was without him. Nothing. Everything was empty. All creation was empty without Christ. Everything. He is the first from creation. Yes, the Son. The Son is Jesus. The Son, the Father says, the Son and the cloud is Jesus Christ. That's how he said it, sir. And I tell people that the Son is a revelation of Jesus to help them understand 
Sometimes when the doctor rain, I say, Lord, we need your light. He likes it when I say that because I, I have the, the full understanding of what Father says to me. I said, Lord, the clouds are so stop without your light, without you, when the sun is not out. And I remember him giving me a revelation in the millennium when he took me. I was in the, I was in the millennium, and all of a sudden it, it, got, it got cloud, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, it got cloudy to rain in the millennium. It began to rain in the millennium. Thousand year rain with Christ. And in his in a few minutes after it began to rain, his son came out. But in the millennium, such a mighty revelation of Jesus, like you never got in it before on this earth. The devil is trying to block people on earth from getting the revelation of Jesus. Because if they do, if they can understand at least a 5% of who Jesus is, their whole life will change. And the devil knows it. The devil was in the throne once. He was in the throne once. He knows who God is. He knows who the Holy Spirit is. And he knows who the Son of God is. Because when God made the devil, and he first opened his eyes, he saw Jesus and worshipped him. <laughs> so the devil knows more than anyone of the fallen angel. How mighty, how special, how great Jesus is. He knows. He knows how awesome, how mighty God he is. So he, he, he goes around the earth, up and down, as he told God about Job. He, he goes up and down the earth, trying to block human beings from getting a revelation of Jesus. He pollutes the air. He's polluting the water. He is polluting the food. He is polluting relationships in families. He is hurting children since they're born. Children, when they are in the womb of their mother, the Lord has to protect them because the devil, in the moment, in the moment he knows a woman is pregnant, he knows that a life God just implanted in that womb. And immediately he knows that God has a purpose with that baby. If it's not his, he knows God has, if he knows that baby is of God, oh, he knows God has a plan with that baby. And this baby can be the leader of the nation and teach everyone about Jesus mightily. So he immediately begins to come against that mother in that baby. And if that mother don't have a solid biblical foundation in Christ, a solid relationship with Christ, oh, she will suffer so much. Pray for the mother, they suffer so much. Jesus said, Wall to them that have babes in those days. Because he knows the devil will go after the mother, the baby. He goes after them without any mercy. And they, if they don't have someone praying for them, if they don't pray and seek the Lord, the life of that mother and that baby, it's there's so much suffering goes on. Right until that baby is 18 years old, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. Why is this way? Why God allows it for us to be tested? Brothers and sisters, 
But if we come to God in the name of Jesus, if we begin, we say, Father, we have sinned against heaven and against you. Forgive our sin. Forgive up our trespass. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry, Father. I'm sorry, Lord, for my disobedience. I repent of my sin. I repent of my sin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, my, for the sin of my generation alive, my mother, my father alive, from fourth, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, sixth, seventh generation, back to all I need. I repent all the best of healing, all the sin. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I am so sorry for the sin we have committed. Pray the prophet. I am so sorry. Pray Jeremiah. The sins that our parents have committed. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry. I am so sorry. Pray the prophet. I am so sorry. And they began to repent the sin and the sins of the parents for the sins that they have committed. Send Jeremiah. Praise you, Lord, to God. Then God will restore the war of Jerusalem. God will restore the war in your relationship with him. And the Lord will build strong power between you and him, between the devil and you, not between you and him. The Lord will build strong power. He says to Abraham, Abraham, I am your strong power. And then the Lord continues to build a shield of protection between you and the devil. Abraham, I am your shield, said the Lord. He'll begin to bring a power between you and the devil. God will begin to build a shield of protection between you and the devil, then God will continue to put a hedge of protection around your life, around your land, around everything that you own, around your wife, around your kids, around your family, and everything that you own. God will begin to put a hedge of protection around everything that you have, Joel 1.10. And then the Lord will be the wall of fire, second so you fire. I'll be the glory within the midst of the Lord. And God will begin to build around your life such a strong protection that the devil and the demon cannot break through. And that's what the devil is afraid. That is the devil nightmare that a woman of God, that a man to understand who their God is and what their God can do. Because their God can do all. God has no limitation. He is not limited by time. He is not limited by the devil. He is not limited by anyone. And that's what the devil is afraid for people to find out. Because if a man of God, it don't matter if it's a young boy, a kid, a little girl, it don't matter if they learn, if they find out who Jesus is, if they find out who God is, and they begin to cry out to God, and they begin to seek Jesus, and they begin to form a relationship with the Lord. The Lord Jesus will come and manifest himself to them, and they will begin a relationship with God like Abraham, whom the Lord visited in the middle of the day, like 1 o'clock when the sun, the highest, likes the more. There was Jesus with two angels, and Abraham's servant to eat in his house. That was his relation. He was looking up the eyes of Jesus, those beautiful eyes. This was Abraham and Jesus. There are few on this earth that have that relationship. 
but they have it. They have it. Don't, don't doubt. They have it. Jesus visited them, and he sat on the table with them, like Abraham. And he had supper with them. Thank you, Lord. And any man of God, any woman of God can have this relationship. But few have learned who Christ is, who Jesus is. They are mostly religious. They serve God with a religious mind, with a religious understanding. That's why when we mention certain words, they get offended right away. Because it's most, their relationship with God is mostly religious. They only read the Bible, they put it up, and they go do something else. They give God a few minutes a day, and they go back and give the television many hours. Give their friends in the community many hours. They speak more to their friends than what they speak to God. And the Lord doesn't like that. If they will only give the time, they give to their friends of the Lord. They will have Jesus in the living room every day, still talking with them. Praise the Lord. Oh, one of the things that the Lord convinced me was that he was more real than I. He was more real than his creation. And that if I would believe that he was, he will begin to manifest himself to my life. And that was hard. When he began to tell me these things, when he had called me and separated me to fast with him, fast and fast and pray, oh, it was so hard because I had that religious belief. I was brought up in church. I, I mean, I, I spent so many years in church. I had that re- religious mentality. That's what I had. And so it was very hard to go from having a, 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 a religious mentality to having a relationship directly one-on-one with the Lord, with God. I thought in my religious belief that what, that was impossible. A lot of people listening to me think that's impossible. It is a, it is a religious belief. And they need to be broken out of that. They need to ask the Lord to set them free out of the religious belief. They need to ask the Lord to set them free out of their religious belief. So the Lord can set them free. John 8.32. Praise the Lord. Who, who, John 8.32 says, when the sons set free, he will be freed indeed. John 8.32. Hallelujah. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And it's the truth that it's Jesus that will set you free, brothers and sisters. But you have to ask him. It cannot be men that set you free. Maybe your pastor said, I set you free. I heard pastor saying to people, oh, I set you free. Don't worry about it. Excuse me? That's not biblical. Well, this happens a lot around the churches today for many years. I set you free. I came to set you guys free, the pastor said. Excuse me? I would say like, like Jacob says to Joseph, I rebuke you. Praise you, Lord, with that mentality. And it's Jesus Christ that set us free. It is him. That's why he said, who the Son set free. It is free indeed. So whoever claims to set you free, it's not freedom. But when Jesus set you free, you are set free indeed. You are truthfully set free. Praise. Only Jesus can set us free. You need to cry out to Jesus to set you free. Elvis Zapata cannot set you free. It has to be Jesus. It has to be the Lord. Listen careful because it has to be Jesus. And you have to ask him. You have to cry it out. When he began to reveal this to me, I began to cry to the Lord. Praise you, Lord. 
And I had a brother tell me, Brother Elby, hey, it has to be the Lord. Went to someone and said, Brother Elby, it has to be the Lord. You need, you need to begin to fast and seek the Lord and pray. Spend time with the Lord. Really sign, Brother Elby. And I began to do that. In one day, Jesus came. After I cried, I said, Lord, you said in your word that thou should know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if the psalm will set you free, Lord, if you set me free, Lord, your word said, Lord, if I will be free in thee, Lord. I will be completely free, Lord. Totally free. You will set me free completely. Please, Lord, come this night. I remember that night. It was a service of prayer. Other people were speaking in tongues to me. And I was crying out. And people kind of wanted me to tell me to be quiet because I was too loud. Because I was crying with all my strength. How loud as I could. I was just crying out. I just, I was tired. I was tired of religion. I was tired of, I was tired of uh, being bound by, by so much stuff. And I just wanted the Lord to come and set me free. I just wanted Jesus to come. And I kept crying out, Jesus, please come. Please, Lord, for hours. Lord, please, I have fasted a week. I have sought the Lord for months. This Lord, I need you to come, Lord. I need you to come and set me free, Lord. Until Jesus came that night. When he came, the air changed. Everything around me was totally different. Glory, his presence, his peace. Oh, Jesus, he got hold of everything. It was like the air of creation just bowed down to him and reverenced him at that moment. He came into that room where I was crying out. Oh, he came out of my life. And he began to break all those things that were holding me for having that deeper relationship with him, to knowing him. To know him is to really enjoy freedom. And from there on, I began to enjoy a freedom, an untold freedom, an unknown freedom to many Christians. Hallelujah. When he came, my whole life changed. When Jesus appeared in Jerusalem, the world changed. The clock began to tick, tick when Jesus came. It's like the clock had stopped. And when Jesus came, the clock began to walk again, ran again. Tick, tick, tick when he came. Thank you, Lord. People have cried for too long for a Savior. I say I talked about a Savior that will come, a King, a Deliverer, that will come, a Messiah. And they've been waiting for him so long. They cried so many days and so many nights for him to come. Oh, and when those kings heard that he was born of a virgin, oh, and they heard what that virgin was, they went. They grabbed all the gold and silver they had. They grabbed their camel, and they head on to where the king was born. He was a baby, and he was already being called king. He was already being called Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel was so waiting for so long, and they were already waiting for him. It was joy in the heaven, joy in the heaven, that a king was born. Even heaven, even the angel knew in heaven that it was great news to the earth. 
that the Son of God, the Jesus Christ, now was born on the earth. And they rejoice in heaven. The angel was jumping up and down, clapping. Oh, look. Look how our king is born on earth. Joy to the earth. Joy that all heaven worships. And all heaven rejoice. And Father God rejoice that his son was born on the earth. Because help was already on the way. Hell was already on earth. Now those that was bound were now were going to be made free, finally. Finally, freedom was going to come. The devil thought he had everyone in a basket going to hell. But when that king was born, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. The devil thought he could go and deceive him as he had deceived many others. Praise the Lord. You see, when Jesus was born, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me, says the Lord. Isaiah 61. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek, has sent me to, buy, to me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all the more, thank Jesus, I thank you, God. To appoint unto them the morn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment and praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called tree of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. The great news of Jesus with such a joy in heaven. And there's still people that need Jesus on this earth, so much billions of people without Christ. Joy will come to their heart and life when they receive the Lord. He will set them free because he came to set the captive free. And only Jesus can set the captive free. If he had not set you free, you're still captive. Until he set you freed, you are captive. But cry out to him and say, Lord, come to me and set me free, O Lord. And he will not fail to come to you to set you free. He will not fail your prayer. He showed me a couple of nights ago, Lord, yesterday morning, the prayer comes to the throne like lightning. He hears those prayer when people cry out to him. His throne is open to them that pray, to those that mourn, to those that want to be set. And he wants to set you free. You think you want God? God wants you more. You think you love God? God loves you more. You think you want to be with God? God wants more to be with you. Believe it or not, he wants more than what you want. Praise the Lord. Someone asked Jesus in heaven, Lord, what is your desire? He says, my desire is when everything is fulfilled. Where all my people are here with me, my bride. And they feel everything I have made for them. I remember when he took me up that night, sent me in the center of his grave room in heaven. There was many other prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. 
within the rooms of the disciple, the apostle Paul. I never seen Paul. I saw him in heaven. I was so happy to see him. And many other with the around him, Jesus. Reverend him. Brothers and sisters, the glory was so powerful, so strong that I walk out of the room and Jesus walked with me out of the room, walk after me. We met outside the room and Jesus he looked so lovely as a bride, groom prepared for his bride. Garment. I look at his hair, his eyes, he looks so beautiful, ready to be married. With his bride. He was holding a part of his garment with his right hand. The lower his garment was over his hand, his right hand. He looks so beautiful. How can I describe the garment to you with such a heavenly garment? The edge of the garment was made of gold, transferring gold. It seems like that's the fashion in heaven. Praise you, Lord. He immediately kind of touched me on the shoulder, and we were taken to another part of heaven in less than a second. He says, look at the mountain. Look at those valleys. Look at all this part of heaven. And when I looked at it, I never seen nothing so beautiful. Jesus looked at me and looked me to my eyes and said, go tell my children that I have made all this for them. Tell my children, all things that you see, tell them everything I have made for them. That I want them to come to this place and I want them to enjoy all this that I have made for them. Go tell my children, he says this. Tell them of all this beauty and much more that I have for them. Go tell them, my son, my servant. I bow my head and I say, yes, Lord. I will, Lord. I will. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. He brought me back to my body. I wanted to tell him that I wanted to stay. But he knew what I was going to say. And before I opened my mouth, he took me back to my body. God, we could have said, Lord, if you don't mind, can I stay here? Praise the Lord. But he has told me several times, you will be here, my son, my servant. You will be here. You will be up here. Thank you, Lord. But I doubt the Lord. Work with him. Just a little more. I have no words to say. Thank you, Lord. Bless the test, the trials, get hold of your Give your heart to Jesus. If you notice that your heart becomes heavy, speaking to you today, if you notice today that your heart has become heavy because of all um, all the all the trouble you're going through, all the worries that Glad to be here again on God Healer 7. Today is January 31st of 2016. I know there are some sisters and brothers out there that are in need of prayer. 
I've received some requests. I ask all our subscribers to pray for a physical and or spiritual healing for those that need it. In Jesus' name, we pray. I would uh, like to provide an update on Sister Barbara. She is able to walk now up to 95 feet. And yesterday, I saw, uh, I was talking to some people, and she's very little assistance. She's, she's moving along there. She still has no movement in her left hand, and she still needs some assistance trying to get in and out of bed. She is still classified as someone who needs 24-7 care. Um, I'm planning to bring her home to do a video and sit right here, but I still think her condition is too fragile to take that chance. So now let's go to the Word. Let's go to um, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I got this word on Saturday, January 30th of 2016. Shall what is spoken today not be seen in the light of day? Shall many not be found unrepentant in these final days? Will vigilance not be rewarded for its patience? I have called the few from many to do my good works. Those that walk in the light fear no evil, for they shall soar on eagles' wings. I shall invigorate them this day, for they shall not grow weary. Once doubt is removed, what remains is hope. Gird thy loins and fight the battle, for evil surrounds thee. The wicked abhor what is good. All shall stand before me in the hall of judgment, and all things are visible in the light of day. It is destiny that awaits thee and does my bidding. Speak now, son of man. Speak of the time of the light. Speak of my ways. From the beginning, I am. I have created light from darkness, order from chaos. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Truth whispers my spirit. I shall remove shadows of doubt and all shall bend their knees to my glory. My time nears, for change begets change, for what is shall not be, and all shall see the power of the Lord. Amen. So as Sister Barbara would say, repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
and I am announcing the coming of the glorious kingdom and all his majesty. This prophetic time frame began on September 24th of 2015 and ends on April 6th of 2019. And we are in the time of darkness. Shalom. about snowed here oh let me go a little bit slower look at this panoramic view of the beauty of God's creation here I am standing I'm not in the car I'm not in the truck I usually sit in there for privacy look at that church right there in the background that's right so what I want to talk to you guys about praise the Lord is Standing in the promises of God. You know, so many times, and, and I have this mm, McDonald's coffee made just right with just the right amount of sugar in it and cream, and it's so tasty. Ah, McDonald's. Anyway, <laughs> Starbucks is better, but they got some nasty stuff going on there. Anyway. Let's talk while we walk and look at God's creation. What I'm, uh, what I want to talk to you guys is the promises of God. You know, there's a, a guy that's a subscriber of mine. His name is uh, B. Molin, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. Everybody has these weird names, you know, for anonymity. But one day I was praying, like uh, about, a, about a year and a half ago maybe two years and I was praying because you see some really bad things have happened to me in my life and then I reacted poorly to those things you know God really was dealing with me in the beginning because you know I was 
I, I hadn't served the Lord in 15 years. I hadn't opened my Bible in 15 years. Uh, I was backslidden. And then the Lord in 2011 told me, look at those clouds. Man, that's, that's gorgeous, isn't it? The Lord told me in 2011, about this time of the year or so, He said, stop what you're doing and repent. I am coming soon. That was that was five years ago. And then I had uh, three rapture dreams where I, the rapture actually happened uh, that year. I had a total of five dreams that were rapture related, but three of them. And then in one of the dreams, the very last dream, the Lord showed me the pastor of the church that we were going to. And uh, in this dream, I was walking alongside this road and uh, there was a little church, like a one-building church, and it had a room built onto the side of it like you would do your baptismal then. And I went into the church, and the church was packed. And uh, the pastor of the, of the other church that I go to was in there also in the assembly. And it was so packed that I was having to dodge people to try to get there. was like three or four seats left up front. There wasn't a cross on the wall in the church. There was only gold Christmas garland hanging on the entire side of the church. And it was so beautiful, this gold Christmas garland. And so then uh, the pastor of the church blocked my way. And he, said, and he put his hands out to his sides with his palms facing towards me. And he said, he said, I don't know why people in the church are attacking me. I don't know what I could have done to deserve this. And the Lord spoke to me in the dream and said, Tell him to humble himself and repent. And I said, The Lord told me to tell you to humble yourself and repent. And he repeated that again. He said, I don't know what I could have done to deserve this. And the Lord told me, Tell him to humble himself and repent or he will be left. And so I told him. And then the trumpet blew. And I began to change and started going up, and he was crying out to me and had his hands up, Help me, help me, and I was telling him, The Lord says, Humble yourself and repent. And the pastor was wearing this very unique set of clothes. I've never seen any clothing like this before, and he usually doesn't wear clothing like that. He usually wears like a t-shirt and then a sport jacket or something and Levi's or something, you know, a very casual hipster kind of guy. But in this dream, he was wearing this blue purplish blue shirt with silver threads sewn through it so it sparkled when he turned in the lighting in the church and uh he was wearing these khaki colored pleated pants <laughs> and he never wears that kind of stuff and he had a tie on and his face was shaven he had a goatee he'd shaven that off and so it was very unique clothing and so uh, the rapture happened i went up and then i saw those uh, little stars that are snowflakes that kids make in school. And they were in the color of Israel colors, blue and white. And they were coming down from the sky as I was going up. And then I woke up. And I told my wife, and this was on a Sunday morning, so we were going to church that morning. And it was during Thanksgiving. It was his, his second Thanksgiving uh, sermon. And so we... Uh, went to church and I told her about this dream and he, I, well, I didn't see him. I was I wanted to tell him about the dream and I didn't see him in the foyer or anything. And then right at the last song of the worship service, he came running towards the front of the building and he was wearing that exact shirt and those pants 
but he he hadn't shaved. His beard was still there, his goatee. And he got up there and he began to preach his sermon. I was like, oh, wow, Lisa, look, there's the clothes he was wearing in my dream. And so we got up there and uh, after the sermon, I went up to tell him, well, let me backtrack. In the middle of the sermon, he stops and puts his hands down with his palms out like he did in the dream. And he says that there are people in this church attacking me of the leadership, and I don't know why. And he began to tell that story just like he did in the dream. I'm sorry, I have to keep pushing my glasses up for sliding down my face. Anyway, here's the dealio. The dealio is, I told him, and he says, hey, everybody was clapping when he first came up to preach in the morning. He says, I know, I know, these are special clothes. He says, I've never worn these to church before. And he says, in fact, my wife bought them for me for our anniversary, and he'd either worn them one time or never worn them. He said, I've never worn them, I believe is what his words were. And he said, but I felt led by the Spirit to wear them this morning. The very clothes from my dream he was wearing. You know, and so then what happened was I said, hey, pastor, after church, i got to tell you about this dream. And, and so I tried to tell him, and he was all upset, you know. And so he, he said, I gave him my phone number, and he called me. And I told him my dream. And he said, and then while I'm telling him, the Lord speaks to me and tells me uh, that his wife and his daughter have this sickness that they're sharing over something. And then he needed $200 more a month to make his bills. And I said, the Lord told me this. He says, well... The only thing you said that's any true is the part about the money. And he says, you could have guessed that because everybody needs money. And I, I guess I could have guessed the exact amount, right? Just happened to be $200. So anyway, he yelled and screamed at me, got all mad, and told me, don't ever talk to me about this rapture stuff. He says, you're always telling me these rapture dreams, and we know the Lord's coming, but I don't want to hear about it, and I'm not going to talk to the people because it'll just get them upset and all this stuff, and you're making me upset. And then he slammed the phone down hung up on me. So, I didn't go to church the following week, and then on that Monday, after that Sunday, he calls me on the phone and tells me, look, I want to apologize. He said, everything you told me that God said to you is absolutely true. Even the part about my wife. You see, my daughter, I was a pastor in a church in uh, Colorado, and my daughter, my 16-year-old girl, was raped by one of the church members who was a friend of ours. And he says, I keep asking God, why would you allow this to happen to me? Why did you do this? Why couldn't you warn me? Why? Well, that's why God wanted him to humble himself, you see, because he was blaming God. You see, sometimes God does miracles where he stops things from happening. Like when I was 15 years old, I was hunting ducks, and the Lord spoke to me and told me to get up and walk down by the river. I was under a huge oak tree, gigantic we had a swing on that tree, and it was on the edge of the river. It was 22 feet, or 15, 15 to 20 feet, down to the river. And we would swing on that. It would take a full 11 seconds to swing out and come back. That's how, how tall this tree was. And the Lord spoke to me, and I thought it was my dad. So a second time it said it to me. First I took a shot, and I hit this duck, and then the Lord said, Son, walk down by the water. And I was like looking around and I didn't see anybody and the wind was blowing it was springtime and I was laying in this grass so I racked another round in and I took a beat on the other duck and then the Lord said son walk down by the 
water. And so I stood up and I thought, I said, Dad? I thought it was my stepdad. And I even walked up the hill and looked. I couldn't see anybody. I walked back down and I laid, I started to lay back down and the Lord said, Son, walk down by the water. And then my feet began to walk. And I could not stop myself. I had control over my upper body, but my lower body, I had no control over it. Walked me down to the river, turned me around facing where that tree was, and a huge branch that weighed 1,500 pounds or more fell off of that tree instantly and hit right where I was had been laying. It took off four feet of the cliff side. It was so huge, this massive lamb that fell. And it would have killed me or crippled me had God not intervened. So sometimes God intervenes in people's lives in a miracle, you see, but other times God allows people to make their choices. You see, that man in the church chose to rape this guy's daughter. And God allows you to do things just like he allowed Hitler to kill the Jews. He allowed Stalin to kill 60 million of his own people. He allows all of these things. He allows you and I to sin every day because he will not interfere with our free will unless it's something that's vital to his plan. Like if I would have been killed, I wouldn't be here today. When I, I worked in Santa Maria, California, at an energy company, and I stopped them from releasing this poisonous gas called H2S, the, own, the owner of the company, his number one guy, was going to go out and take this two-inch valve off of this line. And if he would have done that, he would have killed half the people in Santa Maria. Had I not been there to stop him, I wasn't a Christian at the time, but God couldn't let me die because I had a job to do. I was the only one that would stand up to this guy. So anyway, back to my story with Ben Mullen. I was praying because I fell. You see, I was a Christian. It's during my ministry just, you know, three years ago or two and a half years ago when this was happening, when I found this out. It happened in October 30th of 2012. I found something out that was so hurtful. It destroyed my entire life, all of my memories, everything. It's just a really bad thing. And so I was trying to repair that and all this stuff, and I was doing things I shouldn't do. You can't get back something like that when it's lost. So anyway, people make their own choices. And so I was fall, you know, I caused things, a division between me and God. And so I was praying and I was on my face at my computer while we were living in the garage. And I was saying, Lord, can you spare me? Will you spare? I was crying out for like an hour. And this brother was on there and the Lord spoke to him while he's typing to me. And I don't know that he's typing to me, but he types to me. The Lord, he says, brother, I really liked your last video. It's really great. But uh, he says, the Lord is speaking to me. He said, the Holy Spirit hasn't spoke to me in three years. And he is now speaking to me and he's telling me, tell him, yes, I will spare him. And so, yes, I will spare him. He says it over and over again. He says, he's shouting it at me right now, brother. Does this mean anything to you? And I just said that for an hour. I was praying, God, can you spare me over what I've done? You see, God hears us, and that's a promise, you know, and even today as I live my life today, there's a lot of times I wonder, what is happening to me? What is going on? And so what, have, what I'm trying to say is, you know, you have to have faith. You see, I'm going to have faith and believe because I know God spoke to me that day and said, yes, I will spare you. So no matter what happens to me, no matter what the devil, my enemy tells me, I'm going to have faith in God, just like the three Hebrew children. You see, they had faith. They believed that God could spare them, but they also believed that even if he didn't, they were not going to bow. You see, no matter what comes your way, do not bow to the enemy. Do not give up. 
So that's your word for today. I want to say God bless each and every one of you. I want you to have faith. I want you to be strong in Christ. You know, the Lord loves you so much. God Almighty, the creator of all of this, all of this, He made it. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what the real miracle is? The being that made all of this loves you so much that He sacrificed His own Son for you, for your sins, to pay your penalty. That if you would believe in Him and repent of your sins, that He will save you. And He, it is He, God Almighty, who sanctifies you. Read Jeremiah, where he talks about bringing the clean clothes to Joshua. You see? That's it. The clean clothes are from God. It's a gift. You see? And what we do is we work towards our salvation by imitating Christ. By loving Christ and being repentant when we sin. You see, there's a daily sanctification that goes on in your life. You must be born again and you must repent when you sin. That is the command. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's the thing to do. He loves you so much. He loves you with all of his heart and he he sacrificed His own Son to repair what Adam did. That's how great a God we have. I say we need to rejoice and love the Lord. Seek His face. Stay in His Word. Pray always, as the Apostle said. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before Your throne in the name of Your Son, Yeshua. and We ask a blessing upon those that are listening. We ask that if there are any that are lost, that they would repent and seek You, God. Look for You. Father God, we ask that you'd undertake for the infirmities of those who are who are listening, that you would help them in their finances, God, that you'd give them strength to know that even no matter what dire circumstances they find themselves in, that you are there watching over them and protecting them, even as you did Daniel and those men during the time that Nebuchadnezzar had taken Israel and Jerusalem captive. We thank you, Almighty God, and we bless your holy name, and we praise you. We offer our praise unto you because you are God Almighty. You are the Creator. We thank you in the mighty name of your Son, Yeshua. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is Minister Paul, a watchman on the wall. This is a praise report on February 1st um concerning Phoenix and Tempe, Arizona and Operation Jesus Matters, the seventh state that the Lord has led us to. I landed there Friday with Brother James. On Saturday we had a prayer meeting and uh I remember Sister Shell and her husband Tim was in there and uh Manuela and her daughter played worship music. Brother James was there and Sister Ruth uh, King. And I want to give Jesus Christ glory. And the, I logged it all on my Facebook in real time as it happened. So I'm going to spend some time on my Facebook. And we're going to give Jesus Christ some glory today. I'm going to show you. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you to pay special attention to something that needs your attention. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you do not want to deny his name then I want you to take a look at this link and pray about whether you should say something. 
So I want to start off with, we might go backwards, but this is the fastest way I know to make this video. After the prayer meeting, which I'm going to let Ruthie's testimony speak of, she's put it in words better than I can about the prayer meeting on Saturday. On Friday, we went to, Brother James and I, as soon as we landed, we went to the uh, the Capitol there in Phoenix, and, and uh, I want to show you what's on top of the Capitol. But we'd heard the night before, a lot of things happened. The night before, we scheduled this. I bought my airline tickets to go to Phoenix on December 20th. I want people to know that. So it was six weeks out that we scheduled this trip because the Lord told me to go to Phoenix. The night before I got on the plane, on January 28th, 2016, the article broke out about the Phoenix City Council considering allowing the invocation of Satan and prayers to Satan at their city council. This is what was occurring, and people were, this article was going viral as I'm landing there in Phoenix, even though I planned to go there six weeks in advance, because I heard, what do we do? What do we do? We hear from the Lord, and we obey the Lord. So what we did after this miracle service that I'll discuss in a minute is uh, we went down, we, we were doers of the word, not just hearers only. We went down to the city council. You can see inscribed on the window here, this is the, the city council where the decision will be made whether they're going to they're gonna allow prayers to Satan or not. We walked around this whole entire building. I laid my hand on every single entrance and exit that these uh, people can go through. And I prayed that as soon as they walked through that door, they would come under a Holy Spirit conviction to make the right decision. And we ended up and we lifted all our hands in the air and we prayed for them. And we prayed for the state of Arizona. The decision they make is going to affect their future. Here's uh, Sister Manuela, Brother Tim, Sister Shell, myself, and Brother James Bergen. And I believe taking the picture is Sister Ruthie Keem, and the daughter is uh, her, Manuela's daughter's out of the picture. Beautiful daughter. So that's that. We are there. And, and uh, let me bring this link up. I, I logged us in there and bring that link up to discuss at the end of this video. Um, there, were, there was a water baptism in Jesus' name, Sister Ruth. Uh, two people came forward for the Holy Spirit. Uh, baptism and they were fully baptized in the Holy Spirit. Two healings occurred at the altar after we turned off the camera and we give Jesus Christ all praise and glory for this. He told me there would be miracle signs and wonders and there were. Everything the Lord said would happen, would happen. I'll play this really short video of a water baptism, sorry about that, the, the volume's low on this, of the water baptism of Sister Ruthie King. We love this sister. God did mighty things in her life. She received a water baptism and a Holy Ghost baptism. Thank you. 
it is right here. Let me show you. Well, I don't have his permission. I don't know him personally, but see the sunrise shooting out of the clouds? He's driving on the same freeway we drove on the whole time we were there. We were up and down these freeways all the time. It's very beautiful there. I love it, and I miss it already. I would live there. So uh, when I checked into the Phoenix City Council Chambers, it sounds like the... You know, they they did this in Michigan. Michigan has poisoned water. They brought down the Ten Commandments, and they want to erect a baphomet there, or already have, and they're in Oklahoma that we marched around the Capitol there seven times. They're having more earthquakes ever in any other area in the whole entire world. You can call it fracking. You can call it whatever. But the earthquakes are intensifying in frequency and magnitude, just like Jesus said. There's a conversation going on here. And I'm on here, and what I'm doing is I am representing Jesus Christ. And, and I'm warning them personally, do not allow this prayer to Satan. And so far, there's only two of us on here standing up for Jesus Christ. And it's this sister right here, whom I don't know, and myself. I'm going to put a link to this. This is the page for the Phoenix City Council. They have till February 17th to make this decision and this is this is what the this is what I want to say and here's the address where we were at here's a phone number you can call 602-495-6497 sound off on this website here's what here's what I want to say concerning this prayers to Satan you pray to Satan you'll reap Satan <laughs> exactly what I said in this comment to this sister here they say they don't believe in Satan. Well, then why are they insisting to pray in something they don't believe in? It's a mockery of God. And if, if, if they're at some point, this is sweeping the nation, these prayers to Satan. At some point, a state has to decide that we're going to choose God, uh, that the government rests on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. It says in the government, he, he's wonderful, mighty, uh, counselor, prince of peace. And it says in the government rests on his shoulders. So someone has to take a stance if it's unpopular, uh, you know, with the... With the, the government, the Supreme Court has ruled that this is discrimination. Look, what matters is uh, what the Bible says. Is, and, and one state needs to take a stand and say, look, we believe in Jesus Christ and we will put no other gods before him and we will not allow anyone to pray to Satan here because we will be cursed by God and we do not want to be cursed by God. We're going to stand on what the Bible says and what Jesus Christ says and if you don't like that, too bad. Because we have to stand in judgment of Christ Jesus, and we cannot allow these prayers to Satan. There, there has to be a state. Every state that has allowed this has come under some type of judgment from God. And if Arizona, there, I believe the vote is four or five not to in a lawsuit, let's lift up this council in prayers that they make the right decision. Come on and share your testimony Pray for them, uh, you know, share Jesus Christ because you, you want to you witness to people. We can, we can explode their website. Here's a, our, there's only three pictures on this page and one of them is us. You can, you can blow up this website with uh, telling them, please do not allow prayers to Satan. I don't care what the Supreme Court said. The Supreme Court said it's okay to be gay. 
I'm praying that the state that will take a stand uh, against prayers for Satan will be Arizona. And I'm praying for them if they, uh, if they cave into political correctness and pressures of lawsuits. I ask you to join me. Jesus Christ said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. He said, if you're, don't, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm on here, you know, I'm under supernatural attack from the church of Satan because in my sermon there, I publicly rebuked them. And you know what? Uh, there's more power in the prayers of three Christians than there is in the whole entire church of Satan worldwide. We have the power. We have the witness. We have the testimony. Choose ye today whom you're going to serve. And the Lord has told me another thing. Our work is not finished. We have more work to do. Jesus Christ is tearing. And why he tearing? We have labor to do. We have work to do for the Lord. It's not over yet, saints. Sound off. I'll put a link to this page. Let them know. How you feel about Jesus. Don't be rude about it. Just tell him that the, choose Jesus. Don't pray to Satan. The, 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 the future of Arizona, I, I'm telling you, rests on this decision. If they pray to Satan and they want to invoke Satan in Arizona, what do you think God's going to say about that? He kicked Satan out of heaven. What do you think he's going to say to that if they cave on this and, and allow a prayer to Satan? I personally believe in my heart that they will not allow it. But Arizona caved. Uh, not Arizona, but Oklahoma caved. And now look what's happening in Oklahoma. They removed the Ten Commandments. And they're under judgment. Shalom. No, 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 no. It's already bad enough that we got the GMO mosquitoes that are causing, I think, they launched this test, these genetically modified mosquitoes in Brazil, and now we have an outbreak of the Zika virus spreading like mad, and over 4,000 babies born uh, uh, with serious birth defects, and there's no other way. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Genetically modified mosquitoes? Well, now... UK scientists want to have been allowed to genetically modify human embryos. British scientists have been given the green light to genetically modify human embryos for the first time. The experiment will be carried out by Francis Crick Institute in London and are to take place on embryos in the first seven days after fertilization. Now, scientists hope that the research will provide explanations behind what goes wrong in miscarriages and a deeper understanding of the beginnings of the human life. Now that the Human Fertilization and Embryo Authority has been given permission for these experiments, they could begin in the next few months. Although scientists will be legally allowed to genetically modify human embryos, they will not be allowed to implant those embryos into a woman. Uh, lead scientist on the project, Dr. Kathy Nikin, said earlier this year she wants to understand what causes common problems such as miscarriages 
and in fertility. We would really like to understand the genes needed for a human embryo to develop successfully into a healthy baby. The reason why it's so important is because miscarriages and infertility are extremely common, but they're not very well understood, she said. Francis uh, Crick Institute Director Paul Nurse told BBC News, the research will enhance science understanding of the IVF success. Quote, I am delighted that the HFEA has approved Dr. Nikens' application and Dr. Nikens' proposed research is important for understanding how the human, a healthy human embryo develops and will enhance our understanding of the IVF success rates by looking at the very earliest stage of human development. Folks, I'm going to say right now, this is a dangerous, 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 dangerous place to go. It's directly against the Word of God. The Lord plainly said not to mess with the seed. It's not just the seed and, 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 and the messing with the genetics of the seeds that we plant or the mixing of them. But obviously, when you start talking about the seed of, of human existence, you're, you're dealing with the very beginning of life itself. And uh, by mo genetically modifying it, the purpose is to figure out why there's miscarriages. Well, I, I think the problem you have here is we can't trust the science. We can't trust those behind the science. In many cases... We believe that there is, without question, and there's tons of proof on this, that there has been a push a, to manipulate the DNA of the human race. We can take that back if we want to all the way into the Bible. When the sons of God looked upon the daughters of men and saw that they were fair and went in among them and had children with them, men of great renown who became giants. In other words... Nephilim. These were the sons of the fallen ones. The DNA was corrupted. Matter of fact, God even said at one point, man has corrupted all flesh. And so he even said he would need to destroy the earth because of it. And would have destroyed all of human existence had not Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We've had giants before and after the flood. We know that Hitler and Himmler and, the, and those that were involved in the uh, uh, the Nazis in trying to create the perfect human race through backbreeding and through satanic ritual charged uh, impregnation. We understand they were working diligently back in the late 30s and early 40s to create a genetically modified human being or human race. I believe they were trying to bring back the Nephilim themselves. And here we are now uh, under the guise of science messing with the seed of man, the seed of human beginnings, the, the, uh, the, the genetically modify. Every time we genetically modify anything, look what's happened with the wheat and, and the barley and the corn that's genetically modified. It does not have the nutrition. It does not have uh, the vitamin supplement. It does not have the value to the human body that it did when in its original state. Why are we continuing to do this? It's because man is working on a way 
to create a genetically altered being. And that being, they do not plan to have any relationship with God at all. Are you serious? I'll be talking to you more about this. Because this is actually part of the end time prophetic conclusion. The great battle that's just ahead. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Grab a cup of coffee even if you have to and calm down. But it's the honest to God truth. They're going where man has never gone before or has it. Hi guys, it's February 1st, 2016. Um, I was looking for a video that I, I wanted to see this morning and I realized as I was looking I was going through some favorites that I had marked and some other categories and I realized that I had become unsubscribed to probably about you know five or even more of my favorite people that I love to listen to and I um kind of was under the impression that people have been being a little quiet on on YouTube, but um, truly I had been unsubscribed and I never unsubscribed. Um, so I'm just going to let you guys know that if you have people that you like to hear from and you're not seeing their videos, go double check that YouTube didn't unsub you from them because I never unsubbed myself from these people. I think I was unsubbed from Mark Murchison, um, Hidden Bride, um, Andy Firecharger. I was unsubbed from a lot of uh, the people that I have been subbed to for for years. So um, just something to look out for. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and put up a word that I received this morning. Um, as usual, guys, please carefully discern this word in all words. I will add scripture in the comments, and if anyone else would like to add additional scripture, please do so. And if anyone um, would like to type the transcript to this, that would be really helpful. Okay, I'm going to try to go slow here because I keep uh, stumbling these words. Um, my daughter, write my words for those with ears to hear. You look back upon your life and see your sin and your mistakes very clearly. Let this be as far as it goes. Look, but don't be touched. If you allow the enemy in, he will condemn you, and you will be saddled with the burden of sin that leaves you helpless and afraid. The enemy will do his best to bring you I'm sorry, the enemy will do his best to bring to your remembrance all of your sin, your failures, all of your evil thoughts, words, and deeds. He will try to convince you that you are worthless to me and unworthy to serve me. My children question, are they to be a sibling or a servant? I say, serve me as you would serve a beloved parent or a beloved brother or sister, in love. You are not just a servant when you are adopted into my family. You are family. But all of my children should be serving me out of love, 
not obligation. Service that comes through obligation is fruitless. It is not done with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is filthy rags to me. So, yes, I do want your service, my children, but with a heart of serving and not the mind of a servant. Many of my children get caught up in their work and they lose sight of me. They think that they are doing my will, but they are really fulfilling man-made duties. Fruitless and meaningless works. I would rather have my children learning who I am and how to be like me as opposed to trying to impress men with their dutiful servitude. Understand, my children, there is no reward in heaven for serving others just to look good. These works are filthy rags to me. Come to me with sincere hearts, and I will show you and lead you and guide you into fruitful service, my children. I do not require indentured servitude to enter my rest. You cannot gain access to my eternal salvation through your works. Salvation is a gift you receive, and in turn, I receive your heart. When I receive your heart, you become my child, and yes, you may be called upon to serve me, but it will be a fruitful and joyful service, not a service out of obligation, but out of love. Some people have the wrong understanding of my ways. They think that they earn my righteousness. They think that they can earn holiness. They think that they buy their eternal salvation through their works. No, my children, I say to you, I am a holy creator, and the only way that you can be presented before me is purely your garments free from spot or blemish. The only way you can be made pure is through my Holy Spirit and the cleansing of your heart. Not by your works and not by your flesh's ability to remain clean and certainly not by your man-made righteousness. If you don't earn my salvation in the first place, then tell me this, my children. Once you receive your salvation, what is there that you can do to have it taken away from you? Do not be deceived, my children. Your righteousness is not your own. I am your only path to holiness. No amount of your good works is going to bring you through my gate. Holy redemption through my sacrifice on the cross leads to salvation. That is the only way. Not your good works, my children. Ponder and pray over this, my loves. Yeshua HaMashiach. Praise the Lord. But amen. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the 58th chapter of the book of Isaiah. We're thankful we have uh, Pastor Mark Wolverton with us today. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Give the Lord some praise for him. He lives down there in Lafayette, West Lafayette. He's been a good friend of ours. Amen. He's a wonderful man of God. The Bible says in Isaiah 58, the prophet of the Lord, the children of Israel were in a situation where they hadn't seen a move of God. They loved the Lord, but they hadn't seen a move. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I know how all you folks are to come here, and those of you that are watching maybe on the Internet. We don't just want to come to church. We want to be the church. We don't just want to talk about revivals. We want to see one. Can you say amen? And, you know, in this March coming, I know we've already heard from 89 now, 89 people that are coming. I don't know how many of them are going to be baptized, but uh, 89 have registered from all across America. Folks are coming here in March for three days of glory. And let's just pray that's what it is, three days of glory. And let's pray it's not just three days. <laughs> let's just not limit God. Amen. But folks are coming, and we just want to uh, help them and encourage them any way we can. Some are looking for some place to get baptized that can't find it in their state uh, or their area where they live. Um, it's, it's, um, sometimes you wonder, how in the world can that happen? How could that happen? But it has. And, uh, but the Lord is going to restore. God's getting ready to do some restoration. Amen. I know uh, that's what Myron, and, uh, Myron Brown does, doesn't he? He buys homes and then restores them and then sells them and moves on to the next one. And I think he told me he's done that nine times. Praise the Lord. And so restoration is harder than building a brand new building. Can you say amen, Doug? It's my, huh, Dad, you can say amen to that? Amen, amen. I mean, it's much easier to start on a solid foundation and build up the works of the Lord in your life, just like building anything. It's much harder to have to go back and fix what you've got off level. Can you say amen? It's much more difficult to have to replace the door that you've been going in and out of. Is anybody going to help me preach today? A lot of folks have been living their life off track, out of whack, wrong foundation, wrong door. Jesus said, I am the door into the sheepfold. You're trying to make it some other way, or if you're trying to figure out this thing on your own, and I'm even talking to Christians, you might, all of us at some time or another have tried to figure out how we're going to deal with a crisis or a situation in our life. And if we're not careful, we will try to figure it out ourselves. I've done it. And then finally, I wake up and say, why don't I take this to the Lord? Can you say amen? And that's why the Lord said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will direct your path. One scripture says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So praise the Lord. There's no doubt about it. Uh, if we'll call on him, he will answer. Amen. Now, Isaiah the prophet began to prophesy, and we'll start reading at the very beginning of the chapter, chapter 58. He said, cry aloud and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, 
you will find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness, yet shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. In other words, some folks are, at that time, they were, they were actually fasting and they were going through certain rituals and they were doing it, but they weren't doing it, Dad, that they might be able to get an answer from God or to get revelation knowledge from the Lord or to please the Lord, but to prove to one another who had better understanding or who, who had a greater relationship with God. And this was self-righteous religion, and it will not work. Can you say amen? I mean, that's not, God's not into self-righteous religion. He's into those who have a pure heart. They shall see God. Amen. He's after those that have been born into the kingdom, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, washed in the precious blood, baptized in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's coming after a church, a glorious church, one without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. We can have victory if we'll just claim our victory and step out by faith. God will answer our prayers. I'm convinced of it. Praise the Lord. And so, but there might come a time when we really got to fast and pray, when we really got to seek the face of God. We were preaching here last Sunday, and in the middle of the sermon, it came to me. I remember when Dad would call revival, brother. Uh, he would call revival, and sometimes when he called revival, uh, there would be a half a dozen in the church that would all of a sudden get out of whack, and they would just start fighting and fussing and, and all kinds of. Has anybody ever seen that ever happen before? And that's because God was getting ready to do a mighty move. He was getting ready to set captives free. He was getting ready to bless the church. And the devil will try to get in there if he can and try to stop it. But I, I love what dad would do. He would say, we're coming to this revival. Come about an hour early if you want to or a half hour early. We're going to go in the back and we're going to pray. And we're going to put the women in one room and the men in the other. And we're going to pray. Pray. Amen. I, t I started a revival on a Sunday night with Billy Fields. Some of you have heard of Billy Fields. On that Sunday morning, we had a crowd of about 55 people, or 56 to make it even numbers. And that morning, that Sunday morning, Billy's coming this night at 6. You hear me? Billy's coming at 6. Great evangelist. Amen. And that morning, 28 of the people that regularly come didn't come. They left the church that, that morning. And that night, we began revival. And guess how many we got saved that week? <laughs> Amen. And recently, more closer, we had people that left the church to start another church. Amen. And the church had been growing ever since. Amen. I know all about getting up and leaving and going and packing your clothes. I'll tell you, I'm like Manuel Spencer. If you want to leave, just let me know and I'll help you pack your bag. Oh, praise God. Cry loud, spare not, and lift up your voice like a trumpet. Praise the Lord. And show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. And so he talks about the fast. 
He talks about the prayer. But then here's what the Lord begins to do. In verse 5, it says, It is such a fast that I have chosen, Isaiah says. I, I can see him walking in and beginning to prophesy this to the children of Israel. And he's saying, here's what's been going on, but let me tell you what's about ready to happen. Praise the Lord. He said, It is such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul. It is to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of the wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Can you say amen? I'm telling you, that's revival. When you have revival is when every loose, every band that's of wickedness gets broken loose. Whenever heavy burden gets lifted, somebody help me, to let all those that have been bound in the chains of darkness of sin, to see those chains broken and people set free. And folks coming in can't wait to get into the house of the Lord. Can't wait. they got a smile on their face when they come and they're shouting when they leave. Praise the Lord. Now, I've been through it. You have too. There's times when we need a healing, when we need a restoration, when we need somebody to put an arm around us and say, I love you. It's going to be all right. Praise the Lord. That's why he said, bear ye one another's burdens, but yet let every man bear his own burden. In other words, everyone has a responsibility to serve the Lord. But at times we need to lift one another up. Can you say amen? At times we need to encourage one another. At times we need to seek the face of God and ask Him to move in a mighty way that the power of the Holy Ghost would be free among us. And verse 6 says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of the wicked? Notice here, He chose the fast. He chose a fast specifically for results. Praise the Lord. He did not just do it so that others may hear He was doing it. As a matter of fact, Jesus said when you fast, don't even let people know what you're doing. <laughs> praise the Lord. Don't even let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. <laughs> but praise the Lord. This is a man who decided. He said, I've chosen a fast. I've declared it. And now he was declaring it to the children of Israel. And he was saying to them, this is a fast that's going to break the bands of the wicked. It's going to undo the heavy burdens. It's going to let the oppressed go free and break Every yoke. I love that. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but when the Lord saves us, He sets us free. Whom the Son of Man makes free is free indeed. He puts you like a city set on a hill. You cannot be hid. You become the light of the world. God wants to do something in your life. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your home. He wants to lift you up. Praise the Lord. Ever since I heard that Brother Mike and, and Brother Dave, that the factory they work at was closing down. Down. The minute I heard it, I said, I've got to go to the Lord in prayer because, uh, Lord, you said, David said, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. I said, God, you got a, a supply of your need. He said, well, you don't have to ask me to supply. You just start praising me and watch what I'm going to do. Just watch what I'm going to do. Brother Mark was telling me of a man who 
asked him, he said, pray for me. I've got a job interview. I need to get a job where I don't have to work six days a week, 10 and 12 hours a day. I need a job where I can just work, make good pay, and have some home time with the family. And praise the Lord, three days later, he got the job. Praise the Lord. Listen, there's folks out there. The devil's trying to make your life miserable. He's trying to put a heavy burden on you. He's trying to keep you down. He's trying to oppress you. But I'm here to proclaim to you. We need a revival where people get set free. And whom the Son of Man makes free is free indeed. Can you say amen? We need freedom. Freedom to praise the Lord. Freedom to walk in victory. Freedom over all principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. We need liberation right here in this community. We need to feel the blessings of God. We need to see a breakthrough. Praise the Lord. And those of you watching on the internet, I don't know what state you're in. I don't know what country you're in. And listen, you may be living in a country that has an oppressive leader. And if you do, even though you're saved, everything around you is difficult. Uh, praise the Lord because the Bible says uh, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Uh, but when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. Uh, uh, praise God. Uh, maybe you're living in a country uh, where there's been a, a, a difficulty or some type of communistic uh, or socialistic society or some type of corruption uh, and they're trying to squelch your salvation, uh, trying to keep you down. Uh, I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter where you're at. The Lord wants to bless you right where you're at. He'll make a way where there seemeth to be no way. He'll provide by Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to preach today. I can feel the devil really upset right now. He's like, you're treading on my territory. Praise the Lord. I got news for the devil. He ain't got no territory in the kingdom of God. For the Lord said, behold, I give you power to tread over serpents and scorpions. And all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Nevertheless, rejoice not that the Spirit subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your name is written down in glory. Man, I'm preaching the, it sounds real loud in here. Is it really loud or is it just me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anyway, let me just see where I'm at here. Verse 7, it says, Is not this to deal thy bread to the hungry? that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. And when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. In other words, we're to help those that are in need. We're to bless those that are less fortunate. We're to reach out to those that are spiritually, not only physically, but spiritually naked. Uh, and some folk, There's people in this community, there's enough Christian people in this community who are setting home that would literally feel a, a, a mess. You could probably build a church and seat a thousand seats easily if every Christian in this community who is setting home would come to church. It would just shock the world. It would shake things up. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Listen, we're the ones, we're the ones, we're the ones that have the torch. Dad told me a long time ago, when you, he said when I started preaching, he said, Paul, listen, you've got the torch. In other words, you've got the mantle. You've received the anointing. So don't be afraid. Stand and preach under the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Don't be dismayed. 
made by their looks. Don't be shook up by the committee. Don't worry about what they think down the street. Do what God says to do, and there will be results. I promise you, a good tree will bring forth good fruit. Can you say amen? Well, now listen here. He says we need to help these folks out. Now, verse 8, then shall they break then shall thy light. He says, in other words, if you'll, if you'll start this getting serious with God, this fast, this prayer, this seeking God's face, this reaching out to those that are uh, bound or, or hungry or naked, if you'll start showing that compassion and that love to your fellow man, watch and see what God will do. He said in verse 8, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily. Oh, my Lord, I read that verse this morning. It said, then shall your health spring forth speedily. I'm tired of fighting with hepatitis A. I'm just about tired of it. I think it's time to eradicate it from us. Praise the Lord. And then the Lord said, I can do that for you. <laughs> Woo, glory. I, don't, I can do that for you. You don't need six months. Praise the Lord. I can do that for you. I can restore your health. Speedily, uh, praise the Lord. Can I claim it? I'm going to right now. I'm confessing it. I want when the devil goes to messing, God's getting ready to go to blessing. Can you say amen? I'm going to bless you going in. I'm going to bless you going out. I'm going to bless you in the city. I'm going to bless you in the field. I'm going to bless you in the storehouse. And I'm going to bless your basket. I'm going to bless your body. I'm going to everything you put your hand to, it's going to prosper said David. Why? Because, uh, listen, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law he doth meditate day and night. He's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall not be moved. Can you say amen? His leaf will not weather. And whatever he puts his hand to, it shall prosper. Can somebody say amen? You know, I was thinking about years ago, mom making pumpkin bread. <laughs> mom making pumpkin bread. Dad building a church in the middle of the swampland. And people walking by saying it'll never work. It'll never prosper. It'll never... Listen... If God puts a commission in you, oh, come on. If God puts a, gives a direction, it's strictly from Him. When it comes from the Lord, hell itself can't defeat you. It can't prevail against the gates. Hell itself can't stop the church. The church is powerful. We need the church. Somebody say amen. Someone said, well, we don't really need these churches. Today. We need more of them. And we need them on fire. Can you say amen? We need fire again. We need power again. We need some faith again. We need some love again. We need some compassion again. We need to shout back in the church. We need to get the glory of God. Can you say amen? Oh, man, the devil's mad this morning. Hallelujah. Thank God. Praise the Lord. So anyway, mom making pumpkin bread. Mom making pumpkin bread. Dad's building a church. God, he had, I think he had about seven or eight people. I don't know how many people. How many did you start with? Seven? Enon Morrow with an axe. Okay, maybe 15. Oh, okay. Enon, though, Enon Morrow, which I just saw him on Facebook. He's, what, 95 years old? 
still around, praise God. Even Marl shows up in the swamp with an axe. Yeah, he's a native Indian. Yes, he is. He shows up with an axe. Thank God it wasn't a tomahawk. Don't nobody go there. Shows up with an axe. Starts cutting down trees. Praise the Lord. Clearing the brush. And, and uh, the Lord started to move. And so they got the foundation built. I remember that. And they're starting to build the walls. And Dad is uh, building this strictly on faith. Where's the funds coming from? Where's the helpers coming from? How's this going to come together? Must have felt like Noah in the ark. Where we, how we're going to put it together. How we're going to get it done. Mom's making pumpkin bread. Can anybody say amen? And well, I tell you, it was good. And there was a man by the name of Lonnie Campbell. Do you guys remember him? Lonnie Campbell loved my mom's pumpkin bread. So what a better way to help raise funds for the church. But mom, you just keep baking pumpkin bread. And Lonnie, you just keep writing checks. Can somebody help me? And he'd order 20 loaves at a time. And then when he would share them with others, guess what they did? They come to get the pumpkin bread. And after a while, mom needed two or three ovens is probably what she needed to keep up with the orders that were coming in for the pumpkin bread. But while she baked and while he worked and while my grandmother prayed and while some folks in the community had a vision, God can take pumpkin bread and set the captives free. Matter of fact, he can take a little and he can make a lot. He can take a church sitting here on McGill Street and he can show the world. I believe it in Jesus' name. Praise be unto God. The Lord says they'll come from the north. Thus they'll come from the south. Thus saith the Lord, they'll come from the east and the west. And they'll come and they shall be fed and they shall drink some living water. Praise the Lord that they'll never thirst again. Are you you serious today? Are you saved today? I'm telling you Jesus is coming after these that are part that have taken part of his flesh and drink of his blood praise the Lord they shall never die can you say amen is this the fast is this such a fast that I've chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul it's to bow down his head as a bulrush to spread sackcloth and ashes under him wilt thou call this a fast an acceptable Day to the Lord. I've got to preach on this. Now listen. Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've, I've come to set the captives free. I've come to give sight to the blind. I've come to set at liberty them that are bruised. And to preach the acceptable day of the Lord. What does that mean? Well, in the Jewish, under the Jewish law, you had seven years. And the seventh year was always the Shemitah year. That's the year you were to plant the land. That's the year you were to let the land rest. That was the year you were to honor God. And then the next six years, you go ahead and plant the field. And God would bless you so much, you didn't need the seventh year. You could take it off and rest. And you do that seven years. And then another seven years. And then another seven years. But after you do that seven times, it's time for the Jubilee year. Which is known under the law, the acceptable year. I'm going to preach now. Praise the Lord. Acceptable year of the Lord. What does that mean? The year of Jubilee. Here's what happens in the year of Jubilee. Anybody that had a mortgage, you're cut free of all debts. 
If you owed somebody something, you didn't know it anymore. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, you talk about an economic shift. They want to know why Wall Street's struggling. It's because the fat cats in Wall Street are greedy and are trying to take the people down or take what they can get. If they would have a jubilee year, the economy would explode because everybody would have assets and those assets would have value and that value would give them capital and that capital would give them opportunity that they could start business stores or whatever they want to do, buy new homes, buy new farms, the whole world. Listen, there would be an economic explosion if we practiced the jubilee. Can you say amen? But instead, used to be, there is, matter of fact, I know a couple farmers who still don't, uh, on the, don't farm on the seventh year, and they still leave the corners of the field for the poor to come and glean. And, the, the, and there's one guy up in the, around the Wanatal area, he does that. And he also tithes off everything that comes out of that field. He gives 10% of whatever he makes on that field. Can I tell you something? That man is broke down with cash. How can that happen? Because he followed the laws of God. And he did it from his heart. And then the Lord will open up other avenues and other opportunities that he didn't even have a clue that was out there. Because the Lord is not going to ever lie. He is, he is, the Lord is, <laughs> the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but he's long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Alright, let's get back to the day of, of the, the acceptable day of the Lord. So Jesus said, I was called to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I was not called to continue to keep you in under the letter of the law. But I didn't come to do away with it. I come to fulfill it. So I come to bring you the true jubilee. I come to set you free from all sin. To forgive you of all debts of sin. To set you free. To totally free. I could declare the acceptable year of the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we're preaching just that. Everything we preach is to tell you the King of Kings is coming. That the Lord of Lords is about here. And we're preaching the acceptable year of the Lord. And if you've got blindness, you can see. And if your body needs healing, you can be healed. And if you've been hurt, you can be healed up and you can be loved and praise God if you've been if you're bound by addictions if you're bound by sin if you can't stop drinking if you can't stop smoking if you can't stop committing adultery if you can't cop if you can't stop all the sin I'm going to tell you something you can come to Jesus and Jesus will set you free he will break 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 the chain it's the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the fast we're talking about. This is the revival we're discussing. We're not discussing a revival uh, that where people can just come to be seen. We're not talking about a revival where folks can just uh, uh, have a social gathering. Uh, you can go to the fish fry on Friday night if you want to do a social gathering. Nothing wrong with that. Praise the Lord. We're not talking about a revival uh, just to keep the schedule. We're talking about a move of God. We're talking about a life-changing, devil-stomping, soul-saving, revival of the power of God, where the church is alive. I said the church is alive. The church is alive. Can you say amen? <laughs> Praise God. Let me try to finish this chapter out here real quick. Okay, here's what it says. Okay, where was I at? Verse uh, 8. And then it says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily. 
and thy neighbor and thy righteousness uh, shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. In other words, the, the blessings are ahead of you and the glory behind you. It sounds like everything is, is God is blessing you. It's going to be all right. I got a feeling everything is going to be all right because I'm in the, <laughs> getting in the will of God. There's no better feeling as a Christian that know you're right in the will of God. Can I say amen? And there's times we don't feel that way. There's times, you know, it, it might be good. There's times it's acceptable. But I like it when it's the perfect will of God, don't you? Praise the Lord. Now, God's grace is sufficient. In other words, listen, He's there to catch you in case you fall. He won't leave you in the sixth trouble, nor forsake you in the seventh. Listen, no man can pluck you out of the hand of God. Nobody can... Take your name out of the Lamb's book of life. And when God puts it there, there's not one human being that can take it out. Now, you can mess it up, but it isn't anybody else can stop you. In other words, once the Lord's in your life, nothing can stop you. Go all the way in Jesus' name. And so you don't want to have your name blotted out. A blot's worse than never been there. The Bible will back that because... It would, you know, I think Jesus says, "Been better you never known the way than to know it and turn from it." Or was that Paul wrote that in Hebrews? In other words, God wants us to go all the way, and we can go all the way. Really, it's His intention we go all the way. As a matter of fact, it's not His will that any should perish. So, in other words, to not make it would be just an outright rebellious spirit and turn from God and go back. To, I mean, listen, it would take some work to walk away from the grace of God. God is there for you. Can you say amen? All right. Now, look what it says here. Then shall they call uh, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry. He shall say, here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and the speaking vanity. In other words, let's not... Uh, point fingers, or let's not uh, uh, judge one another. Let's not do things that would be hindrance to someone else. Let's stay focused on the Lord. Can you say amen? And if you'll do this, the Lord will bless you. And if thou wilt draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise up in, rise in obscurity and thy darkness to be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in a drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repair of the breach and the restore of paths to dwell in. Now listen, when you get things right with God, then God will use you to help somebody else get lifted up. He'll, once you get things right with God, and then God will use you to help bring the, teach sinners unto repentance. One place it says, now listen, you can start restoring the paths to dwell in. You can go back to the old foundations of the Word, and you'll find the same blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ will set the captive free. 
You can go when you see folks that are down and out. You can be the repair of the breach. You can be the peacemaker. You can be the children of God. You can be the restorer. God will use you to restore a whole family. God will use you to restore a whole community. God can use you to restore a nation. God can use you to touch somebody. Oh, praise the Lord. All we got to do is put the bridge. Who's that? What's that song they used to sing? Like a bridge over troubled waters. I don't know who sung that. Praise the Lord. But I one thing I'll tell you, uh, there is a bridge. There is a bridge. There is a bridge between man's damnation and man's salvation. There is a bridge. There is a path you can dwell in. There is a highway of wholeness. There is a good way that Christ has prepared at Calvary. There is a bridge from darkness into light. There is a bridge from defeat into victory. There is a bridge from death into life. There is a bridge and His name is Jesus. He's the Messiah. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you say amen? You know, a lot of times we get letters in the mail or we get emails every day. And the number one question, and we get this question at least ten times a day, at least ten times a day. Pastor Begley, how much time do you think we got left? Before the Lord comes. That's the number one question. I wish it was, Pastor Begley, what must I do to be saved? But that's not the number one question. But that's up there pretty high. Because people are realizing that time is running now. But the number one question is how much time we got left. I'm not upset at people that ask that question because that means they're thinking. It means they're recognizing the times. And they also realize they're probably not right. And they don't want to face judgment in the condition they're in. And if you're thinking that already, if you've been studying that, if you're picking up the Bible the last few days, reading in Revelation, trying to figure out what the four horsemen of the apocalypse are, let me know. But if you, as you're looking at these things and you're wondering about the end times, know this. The reason that you're curious, the reason that the world is curious, the world, they're making movies, they're making documentaries, they're making shows about the end of the world. They make commercials about the end of the world. You want to know why? Because so, the devil knows his time is short. He's working triple time. He has this fake zombie apocalypse thing showing a, a resurrection of the dead and the damned. When I got news for you, when the body of Christ gets out of this grave, I ain't walking around like this. I ain't looking to eat nothing. I'm looking, I'm taken out of here, praise God. If I happen to be the one that was raised from the grave, oh, I'm not coming out like a zombie. I'm coming out like Christ with the power of God. But see, Hollywood is nervous. The world is getting shook up. And so they're starting, the devil's bringing a spirit of deception, trying to deceive the people, trying to tell them they've got plenty of time, or tell them there is no God at all, or tell them we've got to put a colony on Mars to save humanity, or tell them there's going to be an Asian uh, alien invasion, or to tell them that there is no God, they just do what you want, live any way you want to, uh, it doesn't matter. They're, the devil is a liar and the father thereof. He has deceived and he is a deceiver. Uh, praise the Lord. He's the accuser of the brethren. He is the one that brings 
doubt and defeat. But Christ said, I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. It's the devil that tries to steal your joy. It's the devil that tries to break you down. It's the devil that wants to afflict your body. It's the devil that wants you broke, broke, busted, and disgusted. It's the devil that wants to have you feel like you're depressed and nobody loves you. It's the devil that wants to beat you down. It's the devil that tells you to take your life. It is not Jesus Christ. That's why we need revival. Because there's a whole world of people out here who are literally desperate, that are suicidal, that are, that are dangerously depressed, that are, uh, that are in a point of no hope. Uh, they have given up. Uh, they, they can see no way out. Uh, but if they could just get one glimpse of the joy of salvation, there would be hope and there would be victory. That's the fast that Isaiah was talking about. The fast of the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm going to ask Doug if he would to come to the piano. We could finish this chapter, but I'm out of gas. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. But finish reading it, because the Lord tells you in that last verse, Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth <laughs> and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. We serve a God that is guaranteed to bless you. and He'll save you, set you free, and he'll be there for you no matter what. The, I'm not saying you won't have trouble. I'm not saying you won't have trials. Job said a man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. I'm telling you, you're going to have issues. Might as well get a box of tissue. You're going to have some issues. But aren't you glad you know who the problem solver is? Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand as Doug comes. Praise the Lord. And everyone that would stand on their feet if they can and have the preachers come and stand out here in front. And as they come, if the Lord speaks to your heart, if the Lord speaks to you today, and, and I believe he already is. I believe he already is. And maybe you're a Christian and... You're like, wow, I really need, I need to be, my soul needs healing. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you're, you're a sinner. I'm saying you just need to feel the love of God again. You need to feel at home again. You need to know that he never leave you and never forsake you again. You need to know he really, truly cares for you. You've had your ups and you've had your downs, but he's never once turned his back on you. And that's why you're here today. That's why God's speaking to you today. And if you're here and you're not saved, why don't you come to this altar? Get set free. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is Minister Paul, a watchman on the wall for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's February 1st, 2016. And it's approximately... Uh, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and I'm in Northern California. The Lord gave me a warning dream last night, and uh, I want to share it with you in detail. And after having the warning dream, I called Brother James, who is still in Phoenix, Arizona. I just got flew in and got back from Phoenix, Arizona yesterday afternoon, and I talked to him on the phone for almost an hour about this dream and as we were discussing this dream that he was in the Lord began to 
explain this dream in great detail. I don't have time to go into all of the, the methods that the Holy Spirit used to bring all of this information together. So I have just uh, put one, two, three, four, five, six links up on the screen, which literally took an hour of revelation to receive. And I'm going to share with you in the, the best way that I know how as a follower of Christ. So first, you're looking at Revelation 7. First, I'm going to share the, the warning dream. And I ask everybody to pray for Brother James. I believe his flight leaves in two hours to go back to Colorado. And we hear it snowed in there. In this warning dream, Brother James and I are out in our Jesus Matters uh, shirts and we're evangelizing an area. And as we go about, we're doing street evangelism. As we go about in the streets uh, witnessing that Jesus Christ is coming, um, we're like accosted by a homosexual female with very short hair. It was short and tight curly hair and she was very militant. And she had my wife, Gail, with her. And they were confronting me about having stolen something. They were accusing me of theft. And I told them I didn't steal anything and that I could prove that because I wasn't there. I was elsewhere and it was all documented and that it was a false accusation. And... The woman that was with my wife had convinced my wife of a bunch of lies about me. One of them was that I'd stole something. Another one was that I had never done security. And it was odd because she's seen me doing it. The office, this ministry office I'm sitting in right now was a security office. But my wife was believing a lie. And, and, and there was all of these false accusations being thrown against me. And... It saddened my heart because they were so convincing, even Brother James started to believe that everything I'd ever told him about my life was a lie, and that I uh, was also a thief. And so, I said, I can prove all of this through documentation. And so, I, I said, let's get back to the house, and uh, I'll, I'll prove it to everybody here, and... Uh, my wife and the, the woman who I don't know, never seen her before, and James and I, we all went for a walk. And then in the next scene of the dream, we're in a, an upper, a two-story upper, uh, upper uh, level apartment. And I don't live in an apartment, but I did before. I, this just came to me. I, I did live in an apartment before I met my wife. We now live in a home. But it was a two-story apartment, and I'm on the second floor. And I'm looking for my documentation to prove that these are false allegations. And all of the documents are gone. In fact, the whole entire apartment is empty. And I asked my wife, I said, Gail, what did you do with my stuff? And she said, I took everything. And so I had no way to prove uh, what I, I, in other words, like you can go online right now and prove what I did for a living. It's ver it's verifiable. The company, my work history, my uh, the permits I carried, and all that are all publicly available on the internet. But there was no there was no internet, and there was no um, 
and there was no physical documents that I keep uh, because the apartment was empty. There was no way to prove these false accusations, and so everybody believed me to be a liar. And in the next scene, and my and then my wife told me she said this. She said, "I'm I'm separating from you." And I was really really sad. And in the next scene, we're walking. James and I are walking down the street. Kind of our head is down, and um, we're accosted again by that woman and my wife in a bigger group of uh, approximately 20 people now, and we're taken off into a an encampment type area. And we don't have anything but the clothes we're wearing on us, our Jesus Matter shirts, and, and that's it. And uh, it's this big, huge side of a mountain, and it's really this really green, vivid green grass. And we're sitting on this green grass. And afar off is this man whom was, uh, his identity was not revealed to me, and he's reading out of the Bible. And there are thousands of people that have gathered to listen to what this man has to say from the Bible. And everybody there is drunk. They are drunk. I don't know if they're literally drunk or drunken in the cares of the world, but they were all drunk, intoxicated. And there was these flat screens that were projecting all around this whole entire area. So literally this could reach thousands and thousands of people. And um, he began to finish off at the end of Revelation 6. And he, and, and he was saying that all this had already happened. And he just read the last two chapters of Revelation 6 about being in the caves. He said all of that had happened. And they'd still, they, they survived because God allowed them to survive. And he said, now I'm going to quote from Revelation 7. And... I said to the, the group there that was holding me there under false accusations, I said, well, now I, can, now I can prove the truth. I said, I know Revelation 7 by heart, and I began to quote it. And they said, that's not what it says. That not what it said. And they all said, liar, liar, liar. He does not even know the Bible. And the, bro the broadcast began. The man began speaking. And he began saying these exact words. He was reading from another gospel I'd never heard of before because this gospel he was reading from doesn't exist. He said, let's begin with Revelation 7, verse 1. And he said, and then uh, John came unto Christ and asked. And then he said, and likewise Peter also came unto the Christ and asked. And then again Peter asked three times, who is and I told everybody in the group, I said, that's not the Bible. That's not Revelation 7. He's lying to you. And they all said, liar, liar, liar to me. And I awoke. And the first thing I did was come out here and read, read Revelation 7 to make sure that it hadn't changed. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, saints. I'm shook to the core by this. And what Revelation 7 is, it, it begins by talking about how these angels, they stopped the wind from blowing. I'm going to tell you something. We had the worst windstorm here that we've ever had in the, in the history of our living in this house. From the time my plane landed, I want to say from about 4 p.m. 
till about 4 p.m. 4 a.m. The wind hit this home harder than it has ever hit it. I understand there, there was like 120,000 people without power. But praise God, this home never lost power. There was no damage to this home. But it's the worst wind for the longest period that we have ever felt in our life. And Revelation begins starting off. It says that, that these four angels, they stopped the wind from blowing. And when I woke up in the morning, the first thing I noticed, it says that the wind should not blow from the earth. The first thing I noticed was the wind was not blowing. It's calm right now. It's 1.09 p.m. And so, basically, it goes on 